Hello everyone, once again, <laughs> welcome to Reason for Hope. We welcome you to another hour live with your questions on the Bible. That's what we're about here at A Reason for Hope. You can send in your questions on the Bible through multiple online platforms where we're live, which I'll go over in just a moment. We receive those questions and we give you the Bible's answers. That's what we are here to do. So if you have a question on scripture, Maybe there's a specific verse or passage of scripture you'd like explained a bit better. Uh, maybe something you're going through in your life. You'd like a, a biblical perspective. What does God think about it? Uh, maybe even Christianity as a whole, maybe other religions, maybe contradictions you've heard in the Bible, perhaps. Anything along those lines, as long as it's an honest question. And as long as you know that we use the Bible for the source of the answers here on a reason I hope that's what we're all about. So we're very glad you're joining us and we'll be very glad for your questions as you send them on in as we go along live today. My name is Dave Robson. I am your host today with us today, Pastor Scott Richards. <laughs> <laughs> we're kind of grinning here because you know we have these conversations before we go on the air. <laughs> we do. Yeah, very, very intriguing conversations. <laughs> yes, we do. About uh, what kind of content we should share yes. with you on the program and which we should just what we should not. where we should let sleeping dogs lie right. so uh, holy spirit guide us please uh, be praying for wisdom and indeed intervention yes for us. yeah no. we kind of yeah. run out of time in our conversation yeah. so we're just well, okay but well, i'm scott richards and i'm uh, delighted to be here to answer your questions today. yes i'm delighted yeah. that you're here Thank yeah you. once again uh right hand man protege all around good guy sean richards on uh, the final uh legs of uh, recovering from about of the mully grubs yeah. i believe that's the technical there term. he is there look yes empty uh, seat yes <laughs> yes <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna pour out like a, a drink for him over yep. here isn't that that's what right you're supposed only to smart do? people can see him yes yeah yes. so <laughs> so, so anyway the, the the bottom line is sean is recovering he'll be back with us tomorrow yep. uh, by all reports but uh, for today, you uh, are uh, left to interact with Dave and myself. Just the two of us. <laughs> yeah, that's we right. We can make it if we try. Grover Washington Jr. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Well, thank you, Scott, or Bill for being Withers. Bill Withers sang it. But yes, it was yeah. Grover Washington Jr. song. Yeah, yes, I'm sure many have it. <laughs> I'm sure point. that's fascinating yeah. for all of you out there. <laughs> Me and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for being here and your, and your faithfulness to this ministry. I know that you founded it, you know, 20 years plus ago back on 9-11 um, yeah. was when it first yeah. started and yeah been doing it ever since and i know it's a real blessing so thank you for being here uh, pastor scott's the senior pastor here at calvary christian fellowship where we're broadcasting from uh, as i mentioned let me go over um some of those platforms that we're on so you know where to find us in case you need some options there as i mentioned we're monday through friday 5 to 6 p.m we're live with you uh you can follow along, like I say, live and, and be part of the show through the, the various uh, chat functions that you'll find. Um, you can go to our website too, calvarychristianfellowship.com. As I mentioned, there's an outreach of Calvary Christian Fellowship here in Tucson, Arizona, where Pastor Scott here is the senior pastor. Um, so if you're in the Tucson area looking for somewhere to fellowship, you're more than welcome to come and join us, of course. We'd love to have you join us. Um, but check out our website, wherever you are, calvarychristianfellowship.com. If you go to that Watch Live tab, that will take you to our live page. You'll see the video there as we're live right now, and you'll be able to sign in with a username and send your question in through the chat function. I'll be right there with you, receiving those questions. When we're offline, when we're off air, um, you'll see a, a, a schedule of upcoming events, and you'll see a countdown to our next show, so you won't have to miss anything. Our services are streamed there too, and other events that we have. So. The direct link ccftucson.online.church. You can type that right into your address bar, ccftucson.online.church. 
or follow the link from calvarychristianfellowship.com, as I mentioned. Uh, we're on Facebook as well. Look for Calvary Christian Fellowship of Tucson. And uh, don't forget to like and share while you're there. We'd appreciate that. We'd love to have a further reach. Um, that's another way. Send your question in through the, the, the chat box there that's attached to the video. And we will be receiving those loud and clear as well. Facebook.com slash CCF Tucson. We have an app as well for your mobile device. Again, you guessed it. Search for Calvary Christian Fellowship of Tucson. Download our app and you can watch us on your mobile device. Uh, we also have a channel on Roku and on Apple TV. So go to your channel store, look for Calvary Christian Fellowship of Tucson and add us there as a channel. You can watch us on your big screen. We're on YouTube, of course. So Reason for Hope is the name of the channel. <coughs> Excuse me, look for a Reason for Hope. And uh, it's a great place for archive too. If you click on that live tab, anytime we've been live, it will uh, archive there automatically. So if you missed the show or you just want to recap, or check out our services here at uh, CCF, then um, you can find it all there on YouTube on that live uh, tab. Don't forget to, again, like and subscribe and click on that notification bell. Um, then you'll get a little prod every time we go uh, live and you won't have to miss anything. Pastor Scott here is on Twitter or they I guess they're rebranding to X or something, whatever they're, yes. <laughs> the artist formerly known as Twitter. I yeah. don't know what's going on. But. And, and if you are one of our Twitter followers, uh, please uh, feel free to either uh, direct mail me or uh, just uh, follow along on the, uh, the reminder post we put up there that the program is coming up. And uh, you can get your questions to us there directly. We also have a link uh, to our uh, YouTube site uh, oh, great. there on our Twitter feed. So people following on Twitter can make that jump yeah. over. Oh, good. Yeah. Great. Yeah, Good but uh, love to get your questions and uh, always uh, interesting interactions there. Yes, yep. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure, all kinds of interactions. Yes. Um, so, yes, yeah, so if you're on, uh, on Twitter or whatever it's being called these days, um, Scott R for H, follow along with Scott there. That's Scott, letter R, number four, letter H. And uh, you can follow along with him, as he mentioned. We're on Rumble as well. We post videos there. We're not live there, but we post uh, different content. So look for A Reason for Hope, Bible Q&A on Rumble if you're on that platform. And you can join us there. And uh, we have an email address, of course, questionsforhope at gmail.com. Questionsforhope at gmail.com. We've got a couple of questions that came in for the show today. And uh, if you are listening to us on the radio, uh, you'll want to use that email address as you are listening to the last show that we did pre-recorded. So that's the only place we're not live, so to speak, is on the radio. You listen to a pre-recorded version. But use that email address, questionsforhope. It will spell it out with letters at gmail com and we'll get to that uh, question on our next show lord willing um well all that being said i think i covered all the bases at least yeah most of them. <laughs> you should probably do it in your sleep now <laughs> I think, yeah, yeah i do i, do. Yeah. I wake up yeah. Oh, twitter yeah <laughs> twitter <Yep>. x <laughs> yes yeah x twitter x marks the spot indeed so why don't we pause to pray we like to do that of course we're handling god's word and truth we want to do that well absolutely <laughs> yeah, boy we need so. guidance today we do yeah father thank you that uh, you're the god that opens doors and closes them and i thank you lord that uh, your light is a light that shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot overcome it. Uh, Lord, we pray that the light of your word and your truth would go out and uh, that we would uh, understand that although our culture is uh, selling a lot of ideas and a lot of philosophies and uh, a lot of moralities that lead nowhere, your word can still be that lamp unto our feet and light unto our path. We pray that that's where we'd stand and uh, we would uh, allow your Holy Spirit to take your word which is so powerful. You created the heavens and the earth by speaking it out. 
that you would take that same word and change us into more and more of that new creation you desire us to be. Or if there's someone here who doesn't know you personally, that they would uh, make a decision to pray and invite you into their heart and, and receive that forgiveness of sins and reconciliation with you and become a brand new creation in you. Uh, God, what an amazing blessing we have that uh, your word uh, provides us everything we need. It's our GPS to get us safely home to you. So, Lord, use this program to accomplish that and a whole lot more, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. 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 So that. We already have some questions coming in, but is there anything you want to share that's going on in the in the world? Well, a uh, few uh, interesting things uh, going on. As we mentioned to you yesterday, uh, yesterday was uh, the uh, Jewish uh, day of mourning. We wouldn't call it up holiday in a sense because it's not a celebration mm. called Tish B'Av. Uh, it celebrates the fact that on the ninth of the month of Av in the Jewish calendar, uh, the uh, Jewish temple was destroyed twice. Uh, there are some other uh, pretty significant, uh, well, I wouldn't call them red letter days in Jewish history. Uh, the Bar Kochba rebellion uh, was put down by the Romans and the final uh, diaspora of the Jews, the final scattering of them took place uh, roughly around 130 uh, AD. Uh, To add to that, uh, on that very same day, uh, Spain uh, decided that uh, they were going to expel all uh, Jews from uh, from the country. Uh, Great Britain did the same thing on that very same day. So it does seem to be a very significant day indeed. And uh, there is no shortage of uh, difficulty and trouble that Israel finds themselves in in these days. You've been following along with us. You know that uh, the uh, hotly contested uh, bill on judicial reform that would remove the standard of reasonableness from uh, the Jewish Supreme Court as far as being able to throw a duly passed bill of the Knesset out simply because in the judge's mind it didn't seem reasonable to them, which is uh, very vague and elastic. Uh, This uh, bill passed, and uh, there was a a huge uh, amount of protest that has gone out, both pro and con, along that line. Uh, In fact, uh, our good friend Amir Safadi uh, points out that uh, if you put a, and this is a quote from his update letter, and by the way, uh, if you really want to stay up to to speed, uh, subscribe to Amir's weekly newsletter at Behold Israel. It's just really an invaluable resource. I highly uh, recommend it. But uh, Amir writes in his update, uh, if you put a senior commander from Iran's Quds Force, two Iranian security officials and leaders from Hamas together in a room for three hours, what do you get? You get a plan for the destruction of Israel, of course. What uh, What was unusual about this meeting was that its plan of action was one of inaction. In other words, uh, this huge confab of the leaders of the sworn enemies of Israel got together. And uh, what they decided to do at this current situation where Israel is seemingly divided, uh, their uh, uh, country was devalued uh, as far as uh, a couple of the major brokerage firms and their evaluation of them. Uh, There were those who thought the Jewish stock market would crash this morning as a result of all that. It did not crash. It actually went up, which is pretty amazing. But uh, given all of the division that is going on, all the unrest in, in Israel over judicial reform, all the controversy about the economy and so forth, all of the tisk tisking that is going on uh, regarding uh, Israel making these moves, even from allies like the United States, 
Uh, the fact that Benjamin Netanyahu uh, ostensibly hospitalized for dehydration and ended up having a pacemaker installed uh, instead, you would think that this would be a great moment to strike. Uh, but they did this uh, meeting, a uh, high-level meeting of those who hate Israel the most and seemingly have the missiles and the militia to be able to back it up, mm -hmm. they determined that they should just lay low for a while and see if Israel implodes. In fact, they were concerned that if they did act, it could rally people around Netanyahu, strengthening his position. But uh, the Iranians and uh, the uh, friendly folks at Hamas, uh, they thought this was a brilliant plan. They understood uh, that uh, the progressive left anarchists in Israel are doing a far better job of weakening Israeli government and military than they themselves could, even if they started a war. If they started a war, for instance, you wouldn't have um, you know, 10,000 members of the uh, IDF reserves saying that they're not going to serve because of this particular bill. So uh, they're, they're taking a uh, watch and wait uh, in this set of circumstances. And I think that's, that's really fascinating. We're praying for the peace of Jerusalem. Mm. Uh, we can't do a whole lot about the internal conflict going on there, but it does seem like God is protecting them from their external enemies in a, a very interesting convoluted sort of logic that he has allowed them to embrace. Uh, another fascinating uh, uh, story that uh, Amir shares is this. It is no surprise to anyone in Israel that former Prime Minister Ehud Barak is not a member of the Bibi Netanyahu fan club. The extent of his disdain for the current Prime Minister has taken some off guard. A video clip has been circulating through social media that shows Barak has been plotting a coup d'etat against Netanyahu for several years now. Uh, the governmental and social crisis stemming from the judicial reform bill appears to provide him the opportunity to implement his plan. Is this real or are people reading too much into a video? For Israel's uh, transportation minister, Miri Regev, it is more than enough. She has sent a letter to Attorney General Gail Baharav Miara asking for a full investigation to be opened into Barack's uh, actions. Now, for those of you who might go, man, I've heard that name, Ehud Barak, before. He's a former prime minister of Israel. He was the one who met uh, with Yasser Arafat uh, and essentially offered Yasser Arafat and the PLO half of Jerusalem. He would give them the eastern half of Jerusalem to be their capital. He would give them over 90% of what, are, what is called the West Bank. He would give them complete control over the Gaza Strip in exchange for guarantees of peace. Well, uh, Yasser Arafat uh, walked away from that, rejected it, and immediately launched what was called the Second Intifada, or uprising, which tells you an awful lot about what's going on over there. <laughs> if you're a guy like Arafat and suddenly peace breaks out, you're sort of out of a job because right. then you have to actually govern and make life better for your people. You yeah. can't just spend all your time ginning up hatred anymore, which That's is true. far easier to do when you've got this implacable <laughs> foe and this, this you know, far more uh, advanced and equipped enemy. And, oh, you know, we're just, if boy, you know, one of these days, uh, if Allah wills, we are going to uh, drive those Jews into the sea. Well, that's a great uh, position to be in because you can promise a lot, not have to deliver. Mm -hmm. You can just keep people, you know, festering on their hatred, uh, use, uh, you know, the uh, religion of peace, Islam, as uh, you're riding your staff and you get along. Well, uh, again, Arafat realized that was a non-starter. So he absolutely humiliated uh, uh, Ehud Barak by walking away from that. Mm. Uh, and from that time onward, people like Benjamin Netanyahu have used that particular incident to be able to say, you cannot 
bargain land for peace with these people. That's not what they're interested in. All they're interested in is the extermination of Israel. Mm -hmm. And I think the continued humiliation publicly that Hugh Barak has gone through Israel, and he was voted out uh, in a landslide uh, following all this, the, the failure that was involved with all of that, has been something that has really stuck in his craw, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And I think he has always wanted to get even with Benjamin Netanyahu. Now, whether this is in fact an organized uh, uh, plot to take over uh, the Jewish government or not, I think time will tell, and uh, certainly the investigation uh, that is being prompted by the Attorney General will probably re reveal uh, exactly what's going on there. But uh, pretty fascinating that uh, we find Israel's greatest enemies are not the enemies on the outside, but the enemies on the inside. Uh, and so uh, I would just really encourage you all out there on Tish B'Av, uh, observant Jews will fast and pray for uh, the peace of Jerusalem, for uh, Israel to be restored, for God to forgive their sins. Uh, I would just really encourage you, if you are of a fasting persuasion, uh, work that in. You don't have to just do it on Tish B'Av, because I think uh, officially the way the time zones and all that uh, occur, the ninth of Av is over in Israel right now. Mm. But if you get a mind to, uh, I mean, fast and pray for mm. the welfare of God's people. Because, uh, again, Genesis chapter 12 and verse 3 tells us that God is going to bless those who bless Israel and curse those who curse them. And I'd sure like to be on the blessing side of things and all of that. Uh, one other issue we wanted to go to, Dave, I guess I'm going to rush in where uh, uh, angels fear to tread. All right. Um, All the best. The, the, the interwebs uh, blew up earlier this morning. Uh, Representative Nancy Mace. Uh, we mentioned her yesterday as the one that was conducting the, uh, the uh, House uh, investigation into unidentified aerial and right. phenomena, aerial and water and all that other stuff, <laughs> uh, and uh, stirred up quite a uh, controversy by having a fellow who was a uh, former uh, highly placed individual in uh, intelligence saying that uh, not only do we have uh, wrecked aircraft uh, from uh, other worlds, but uh, we have biologics, to use the term, uh, that uh, there are biological remains of the pilots of this craft. You know, uh, personally, we talked a little bit about this. I've always been a little bit skeptical about this, because if you have uh, a, a technology that is so sophisticated that you can say, for instance, uh, reach the speed of light and cross the vast distances between stars, or, or even if you buy into the interdimensional idea that you have this kind of technology uh, the so-called Tic Tac UFO uh, film that was taken by the Navy off of San Diego uh, with this uh, craft, uh, you know, exceeding uh, you know, almost 10,000 uh, miles per hour at one point and then uh, describing a right-angle turn, uh, something that just would seem absolutely impossible by the laws of physics, but there it is. Uh, you know, again, Nancy Mace was the one that was overseeing all of that. Well, Nancy Mace was getting quite a bit of PR about all of that, and as is often the case when someone gets a lot of PR, sometimes, well, they get a little full of themselves. Mm -hmm. and, uh, Nancy Mace was, uh, was uh, expected to be at a prayer breakfast in South Carolina, where she is a representative. Mm -hmm. uh, she spoke at the uh, prayer breakfast and made these remarks. I woke up this morning at 7. I was getting picked up at 7.45. Patrick, my fiancé. I, I underline that word there. My yes. fiance <laughs> yep. 
tried to pull me by my waist over this morning in bed, and I was like, no, baby, we don't got time for this this morning. I got to get to the prayer breakfast. I got to be on time. Okay. Oopsie. You say this to a group of born-again Christians. Yeah. Um, the main word that would stand out to all of them and all the ha-has and ho-hos is you were sleeping with your fiance mm -hmm. and you were worried about being late to a prayer breakfast. Right. Um, you know, obviously, uh, the controversy ginned up and she said, oh, you know, uh, you know I, I apologize if anyone was offended. Of course, the standard non-apology. Yeah. I'm sorry if you're all sore heads out there. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I'm not a saint and I'm going to get together with my pastor and some of my Christian friends on Sunday and we'll talk all about this. Mm. Well, uh, I don't know specifically who her pastor is. Uh, this is one of those reasons why if the thought ever crosses your mind, uh, man, maybe God is calling me to be a senior pastor. Really, really, <laughs> really think that one over before you make the leap yeah. because uh, you find yourself in these sets of circumstances. Mm -hmm. Few issues that are involved here. You know, first of all, uh, you know, it, it is striking to me uh, that we see these little uh, mileposts along the way uh, that remind us how far away we have drifted from being what we would call a Christian nation. Mm. Uh, we definitely live in a post-Christian culture today. I mean, this is not, uh, you know, an individual that we would say uh, would be the, uh, you know, the, the leading bastion of liberal thinking. This yep. is a uh, Republican representative from South Carolina of all mm -hmm. places. Didn't seem to have any problem saying something like this. Yeah. Well, one of the things that uh, Dave, I know uh, because uh, you end up doing uh, premarital counseling here at the church, one of the things that we sadly uh, have to uh, ask people who come to us and we're talking to talking about getting married is the simple question: Are you living together? Yeah. You know, and you know, beyond that, uh, are you having sexual relations with each other? Mm -hmm. uh, because uh, you know, our culture. Uh, you know, has so bought into this idea of try before you buy, if you will. Right. Uh, you know, you move in first and see if it works out. And then if it does, then you tie the knot. Yep. Uh, that's not what the scripture tells us to do. Right. And, uh, you know, I think uh, with all the hoo-ha and uh, controversy that has surrounded uh, Ms. Mace's uh, comments, uh, I think it's really important for us to remember what the Bible says about this issue in first Thessalonians chapter four and verse three it says for this is the will of God your sanctification that you should abstain from sexual immorality that each of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor not in passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God that no one should take advantage of or and defraud his brother in this matter because the Lord is the avenger of all such as we forewarned you and testified for God did not call us in uncleanness but in holiness Therefore, he who rejects this does not reject man, but God who has given us his Holy Spirit. I'm really glad the Apostle Paul put that last line in there because as soon as you bring this up to people, the first thing that comes up is, well, you know, that, that's just your take. Right. You know, well, Paul goes, no, yep. it's not my take. Mm -hmm. This is God's take. Yep. It's interesting how uh, Paul talks about, uh, you know, uh, defrauding your brother in this matter. Mm. Uh, I, I think it's really uh, a good standard. You know, if you're out there and you're single and you're thinking, you know, how, how am I to conduct myself 
in my relationships with the opposite sex mm -hmm. as I you know pursue marriage or don't pursue marriage but 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 how am I to conduct myself you know especially in this world where it's just like television and movies yeah. and everything like that this is the norm uh, you really got to go against the tide on all of this but mm -hmm. one of the really interesting insights here that that always encouraged me was this idea of defrauding your brother it doesn't say defrauding your sister but it says defrauding your brother mm -hmm. in this matter uh, and uh, I heard a, a study uh, on this once uh, that uh, described it in this way. We should conduct ourselves in all of our relationships with the opposite sex in such a way that we would not feel the slightest bit of embarrassment whatsoever if we were to ask to be the best man or the maid of honor in that person's marriage if they married someone else. Wow. So, uh, you know, as believers in Christ, you know, I understand if you're not a Christian, that doesn't have a lot of heft for you. Well, yeah. But but if you're a believer in Christ, you know, that should pretty much hit us between the eyes. Yeah. Uh, you know, God calls us to a higher standard there. You know, and again, Nancy Mace said, well, you know, church is for sinners and I'm, I'm not perfect. Well, okay, uh, yeah, let him who's without sin cast the first stone. I get all of that, and her defenders were, were saying this. But if you're saying this, to a prayer breakfast yeah and it's just like matter of fact ha ha all this stuff uh, you know i'm not questioning whether ms mace knows the lord or not that's between her and god mm. but i would say that uh, someone you know maybe one of the older women in the fellowship like titus talks about uh, discipling the younger women mm. probably needs to take ms mace under her uh, wing and and help her out a bit Apparently, Ms. Mace has been divorced two times and uh, has uh, kids uh, from, two kids from her previous marriages. Um, you know, you would think that she would have uh, the self-awareness not to bring this kind of attention to herself. Yeah. But oftentimes, they're just like, what? And, you know, what? Well, nobody told, nobody told me. Right. Well, it's entirely possible nobody told her. And this is really where uh, I, I think, uh, you know, it's, Peter uh, wrote, uh, judgment begin is going to begin, but it begins at the house of God. Mm. You know, if we are not coming alongside people like in forums like this and saying, this is what biblical sexual morality looks like, yeah. uh, well then, if you're not clued in, well, of course you're going to make uh, a comment like that. Yeah. You know, my prayer is that uh, her pastor and others will take her aside and just say, hey, look, you know, we're not here to humiliate you or you know, to, to judge you, but, you know, you, you really start, got to start opening up your Bible. Yeah. You really got to discover what this has to say. You know, if you love Jesus, right, you're going to want to pay attention to what he has to say yep. on these kind of issues. Mm -hmm. And Jesus said that the only place for the practice of our sexuality in Matthew 19 was in the one man, one woman committed together for life uh, institution God established mm -hmm. called marriage. Right. So, you know, we, we sometimes can say, well, everybody knows that. Well, everybody doesn't know that. No. Uh, sometimes we can say, well, that goes without saying. No, it really does need to be said. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's so interesting. We're in the book of Acts right now on Sunday mornings, and I think about Paul and Barnabas right now going to all these uh, places. They go to Crete, uh, which had a temple of Diana there, which was uh, the temple of sexual pleasure. Mm. And uh, right in the middle of a culture that was completely, you know, off the rails, but, you know, the, the, the more we go on, the more I see that our culture more represents uh, conditions-wise the kind of things that Paul and Barnabas uh, 
uh, encountered on their missionary journey mm-hmm. than uh, just the old, uh, well, you know, yep. uh, you know, we like our old timey religion and everybody's on the same page. No. Everybody ain't on the same page. No, so, no. Especially, so you especially these days, like yeah. you said, I mean, it's, uh, everything's fair game. It seems. So, so, so we were laughing before the program, laughing, sneering, like, wondering whether we should, bring we should bring it up. up. And you but, did, but you went ahead and it did. is, uh, it is an issue, uh, that, uh, that really, really does matter. Yeah. So, yeah. And a lot of churches don't really deal with sin. I mean, we're, we're a church here that, that, that does <laughs> you know we kind of i mean t- you know biblically and scripturally of course but there's a lot of churches that just well we just want people to come and you know come one come all and they don't really address um sin and habitual sin in people's lives and that's uh that's a great shame you know because god's ways are better i mean he yeah he designed us and how we should live and to honor him and and they are better ways well it's like opening the doors of a hospital and saying well, we want people just to feel comfortable here. We don't really want to treat their illness. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. So you, you got to make that call. Yeah, yeah. You know, are, are we here to fill seats or to see people filled with the Holy Spirit? Yeah. And, and that's a fork in the road that everybody's got to face. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Amen. Well, thanks for that. We have some questions coming in already. A question from L Rocks. Uh, thank you for joining us again. I know you had this question um, yesterday and you're with us again today so thank appreciate you appreciate that appreciate the perseverance I know right yeah. absolutely um, so basically the question is do you think that those who put so much energy into protesting against God are the ones that God is convicting and they are just wrestling with it you know why dedicate so much time and energy into trying to disprove a, a belief or a God who doesn't exist by their estimation yeah you know it's, it's an interesting phenomena uh, and you know again uh, I, I think when you're dealing with people that are, you know, sometimes you'll run into people who are atheists, and then you'll run into people that are anti-theists. Uh, there are atheists who will say, well, I'm just not really sure philosophically or scientifically. I see enough evidence uh, to support the existence of God. Usually, those kind of people are more agnostic than they would mm-hmm. claim to be atheists, because an atheist makes... Uh, what I believe is even philosophically an unprovable assertion that there definitely is no God. Now, in order to make that assertion, you've got to have all knowledge of all things, not only in the universe, but beyond this universe. And I'm not sure that any of us are qualified to say such a thing. Uh, and, and so when someone buys into that idea of you know asserting dogmatically that there is no God, you really have to make some pretty major leaps of logic uh, to get there. For instance, uh, you know, even if you posit uh, the Big Bang, well, what that tells us is that the universe had a beginning. It wasn't, and then suddenly it was. Uh, The universe is an effect, and every effect has a cause. What was the cause of this effect that we call the universe? And then when we see aspects about this universe, for instance, uh, the meticulous design, the balance in it all, the anthropic principle, as they call it, that if uh, the, uh, the atoms in the universe and uh, the nuclear glue, if you will, uh, was off just by an infinitesimal amount, uh, life as we know it would not be possible here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when, when we see these sort of things, uh, people coming to being in this universe that uh, demonstrate things like uh, the, the hunger for purpose and meaning, the desire for relationship and love, uh, the idea of intelligence to various 
degrees. All these things are a part of this cause. Well, you know, anything that is, is an effect uh, has a greater cause. So the cause of the universe has to be intelligent. It has to be all-powerful. It has to be uh, personal. It mm-hmm. has to be relational. Uh, and, and the list goes on and on. So, you know, a, an atheist wants to say, well, no, the universe just was. The Big Bang just happened. The whole universe yeah. is an uncaused effect. Well, show me another example of an uncaused effect yeah. in this world, and I'll be happy to consider it. Right. Uh, doesn't really happen. Uh, you know, again, the idea that from raw matter and energy uh, just colliding, that you have, uh, you know, the miracle, say, for instance, of DNA, we could go on and on about this. You've got to make those kind of leaps. Well, what motivates somebody to make those kind of leaps? Well, you know, in my mind, I think there's three options. Uh, I think there are some people who are like Aldous Huxley, who was called Darwin's Bulldog, mm-hmm. very brilliant British scientist and uh, really a strong apologist for the Darwinian worldview and rejecting the idea that, uh, that there is any need to believe in a God. Mm. Well, Huxley openly admitted that one of the reasons he embraced Darwinism and atheism was because it gave him complete sexual freedom. He could do whatever he wanted sexually mm. because there was no God. And I think, pretty honest, yep. <laughs> there's a lot of Aldous Huxley atheists out there mm. who have a certain lifestyle and they come to the understanding if the God of the Bible is true, he's probably not very pleased with that. So they would rather deny he exists than deal with him. And so there are people that will have that kind of heat behind this because underneath it all is that insecurity. Man, what if they're right? What if there is going to be a judgment day? Mm -hmm. You know, so so there, there are what we would call moral atheists out there. There are also people out there that are uh, what I would call personal atheists. And that is they are atheists. They take this extreme position because they were raised with it Mm. or because they belong to a group of people who all buy into it. Mm. Uh, The fact of the matter is Marxism at its root says that religion is the opiate of the masses and that the state needs to replace religion and then man will someday, you know, sing, uh, imagine and uh, go on into perfection. Uh, you know, if you're surrounded and that's your in-group and everybody is saying, oh, you know, those born-agains and oh, you know, those religious weirdos and if we could just get rid of all this religion out there, we'd be getting somewhere uh, and you want to fit in, you know, that's your reference group. You want mm-hmm. these people to admire you. Well, then you're going to be an atheist. Right. You know, one of the reasons that uh, I considered myself to be an atheist at one point uh, wasn't because I'd really sat down and thought through all the philosophical implications or read all the uh, holy texts and dismissed them. Uh, the main reason was because my dad uh, said, you don't need to believe in God at all. It's just religion is for little old ladies and people who don't sleep well at night. Mm. You don't need that. You make your life fine without it. Mm. Uh, and so since I thought my dad was the smartest guy I knew, yeah. you know, and I certainly identified him as part of my tribe, uh, if people ask me, do you believe in God? I'd say no, mm. you know, and, uh, you know, most of the time since I was the uh, son of a lawyer, when I get involved with conversations with people on spiritual issues, I'd kind of stay on the offensive and mm. they wouldn't really question my, uh, particular reasons for atheism. And it would turn into mockery and, you know, cursing and things like that, like you see on the internet. But, uh, one of the reasons I think that you see a lot of uh, that fire, uh, in these anti-theists, 
uh, are is the fact that uh, the people that matter most to them hold the same point of view, mm. or their parents held that same point of view, and maybe even that uh, awful thought that crosses their mind. Well, if you're right, and say you know my dad or my grandfather, or you know just for an example, uh, weren't uh, believers. Well, where are they? Yeah. You know, and yeah. and so boy, you know yeah, the 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 uh, the you know the spigot gets turned up. Yeah. So you know, I think there are those kind of people there. I think there are moral atheists. I think there are personal atheists. I think there are some philosophical atheists. Hmm. Uh, that is, uh, there are individuals that uh, you know believe that man is the measure of all things and kind of take that to its logical conclusion and say, you know, well, there doesn't need to be a God for me to be moral. There doesn't need to be a God for me to make sense out of life. There doesn't need to be a God. And, you know, they just see it as, as something that uh, the particular philosophical school they uh, ascribe to fills that need within their life. Yep. So when you're dealing with someone who's an atheist, uh, usually that's one of the three things. But more often than not, it's either uh, moral issues or personal issues yeah. because uh, man you, you go all the way and say there's absolutely no God well how in the world does anybody know that right you know you can't prove a negative yeah. right that's yeah. that's a fundamental law of logic mm -hmm. and yet their whole worldview is based upon trying to prove a negative yeah so like I said uh, for me uh, when I would talk with religious people, uh, I always believed that one of the, the best uh, defense is a good offense. And so oftentimes you'll see these people try to keep you back on your heels. And what about this? And what about that? And what about the other? Yeah. Um, usually in those sets of circumstances, uh, I'll just pick one of those questions and ask them uh, a diagnostic question. Hmm. Say, okay, that's a really good question. If I were to answer that question to your satisfaction, hmm would you consider becoming a Christian? Hmm. And uh, I'm still waiting for one exception of the rule to crop up, Yeah, but uh, I still haven't seen it. They always go, no. Yep. And I'll say, so I think we determined something here. Uh, it's not that you can't believe in God, it's that you won't believe in God. It's not a question of the intellect, it's a question of the will. Do you yeah. really think that's the best way to pursue truth in this world? Yeah. So, so I, I think that's kind of where it comes from. And, and if you can, sort of dig under the surface a little bit, especially when the, the heat gets going. Uh, my, uh, my freshman year in college, I went skiing before track season started and I, I blew out my knee. And mm. uh, really stupid thing to do. <laughs> uh, and uh, you know, again, I wanted to come back and run the next year, so I got involved. The only legalized form of torture uh, allowed in the United States, as far as we know, uh, physical therapy. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the guy who was working with me, uh, you know, uh, try to share my faith with him and man he would just give it to me and just what about this and what about and you just uh, you know all this anger would come up mm -hmm. whatever the subject of christianity would rise and finally i just said and ken uh every time we talk about the bible or christianity i know you get really really angry mm -hmm. um has there ever been someone in your life who was a christian that like really did you wrong and he just looked at me like he'd seen a ghost and he said well you need to understand something i grew up in an intensely religious home mm -hmm. my mom what insisted that we go to church every Sunday and mm. I hated going to church. Mm. So I came up with a way to get out of it. I'd uh, get up early and I'd sneak out my window and run away in the morning uh, so that I wouldn't have to go to church. And I thought, oh, well, isn't that kind of leave it to Beaver? And 
And he goes, no, you, you don't understand. My mom decided to put an end to it. I said, what did she do? She goes, well, she would come in every Saturday night and she would tie me up in bed so that I couldn't sneak out and get out of going to church. And he's just like shaking. He goes, if that's what your God's all about, I don't have anything to do oh, with wow. him. And I said, well, if that's what God was all about, I wouldn't want to have anything yeah. to do with him. Not surprising. But you see, I could have answered this guy's questions till the Lord came back. Yeah. But his issue was personal. It wasn't yeah. intellectual. Yeah. In his case, not really moral, but it was very, very personal. And oftentimes, when you see that emotion, you know, kicking in, usually means there's something beneath the surface that's yeah. motivating all of that. And if God gives you the the, the wisdom to ask some leading questions and yeah. ask what their background is or why do you get so upset or things like that, uh, I, I think we can make some progress in that area. Yeah. So going beneath the debate to more maybe personal, right. you know, right. relationships. And things right. Like yeah. That. You yeah. got to have a reason for the hope that's within you. You have to have logical and sustainable reasons why we believe Jesus rose from the dead, for instance. Yeah. Now, I'm not dismissing that. But man, I'll tell you, unless you get down to that core issue of the heart, you can be spinning your wheels. That's right. Yeah. And so. it is a gift. I mean, salvation convictions a gift of the from God, from, from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's the one that, and I've, I've seen that when I've talked to people, I've had people that you can debate and debate and debate, and they just haven't had the, the, the vow, you know, lifted off. And then I've had people where it's just two words, and they're like, yes, I would like to receive. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's just that, it's just, yeah. they're ripe, yeah. you yeah. know. Yeah, and, no, 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 how can I get Jesus in yeah, my heart? Yes, yeah. <laughs> I love yeah. those. <laughs> I was, uh, you mentioned premarital. I sat down with a couple, and I, I knew that she was a believer and he wasn't. And I was praying and praying like, oh man, I've got to bring this up. You know, I'm yeah. equally yoked, da, da, da. And I had a whole spiel and I only said a few words and he was like, yeah, I'd like, I'd like to receive, I'd like to become a Christian. <laughs> I was like, what, what, what did you say? <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. I, I have to give you my 10 <laughs> great reasons why Jesus rose from the dead yeah, first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was oh, great. But yeah, and yeah, we can remember that. It's a work, a work of God and um, he needs to do that calling of people as well. So great. Well, yeah. thank you, Al Rocks, for that, for that question. I guess the answer is yes, there, there sometimes is an underlying thing going on. Um, Question from Crystallized Coyote. You have the favorite. <laughs> I love just, that. I love your name. I have no idea what it means, but it just makes you know, me smile. You know, there's another person on uh, Facebook, uh, and I have no idea who this person is, but their name is Dusty Paws. Dusty Paws. <laughs> crystallized Coyote needs to and get uh, together yeah, with Dusty they Paws. Do. Maybe, make, maybe they're related. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah. Make yeah. that happen. Yeah. Let us know. Yeah. Let us know if you become yeah. friends. Yeah. Uh, the question is, great question, uh, what is the purpose of denominations? Isn't it dividing us rather than uh, uniting us? So. Yeah, it certainly can, um, crystallized coyote, uh, and uh, church history is rife with that sort of thing. In fact, uh, one of the usual uh, objections to Christianity that you'll hear is, if you Christians have the truth, why can't you agree on anything? It, absolutely. You know, why is it circle the wagons and shoot each other? Yep. And, you know, I, I agree, there's uh, nothing more unseemly than seeing people pointing the finger and dropping the H-bomb, heretic, yep. on one another. Uh, and, and so a lot of times people will dismiss the claims of Christ because of the behavior of Christians. Yep. And uh, there was a time where I would say, yeah, denominations, uh, you know, there's a song I think by Milan Lefebvre called Denomination Demolition, and you mm -hmm. know, we just need to do away with them all. But you know, as I've gone on, um, you know, we at Calvary Christian Fellowship, part of the Calvary uh, Chapel movement, uh, we're a non-denominational church. You know, this is a, a fellowship of churches, a voluntary association of churches based upon shared convictions to certain biblical principles. Yep. And, uh, you know, there's a mother church that decides, you know, whether, who gets property and, and so on. Uh, you know, we just 
kind of do our thing and voluntarily associate with each other, which is, is wonderful. But denominations are those groups that over time have kind of combined their resources, if you will, maybe uh, felt that if they could get together and uh, share monetarily, property-wise, organizationally, uh, that uh, they could uh, do more for the cause of Christ. That's one reason that denominations rise. But the, the key reason that you have denominations is this. When people look at the Bible, uh, especially those who know the Lord, they don't look at it as the Ten Suggestions. Yep. You know, they, they, they look at it as God's inspired word. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, thy word is truth, Jesus said. And when we take a look at the truth that we find in Scripture, uh, if you're talking to anybody who is, in essence, a Christian, they're going to agree on some fundamental truths that the Bible teaches uh, about Christianity. That there's one God, you and I aren't him. Mm-hmm. That's very good place to start. Yep. That God is triune, one God who exists in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That Jesus is God in human flesh, that lived a sinless life, died on the cross for our sins, and rose from the dead so that we could have life. He was mm-hmm. virgin born. You know, the, the truth about Jesus, mm-hmm. the truth about uh, the, the Word of God, that, that uh, the, the Bible isn't man's word about God, but God's word to man. Yeah. Uh, the truth uh, about how we come into a relationship with God, mm-hmm. that we're saved by grace through faith, that not of yourselves is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. You know, if we agree on those things, you know, and, and those are a, a pretty small collection of truth claims right there, you know, those are the essentials. Those are the ones we can't really bend on right. or say, well, we got to agree to disagree. Yeah. You know, you're either you're in or you're out on these sort of things. Mm. Uh, but beyond that, there are a lot of scriptural issues mm-hmm. that very sincere believers in Christ can disagree on. And it yeah. usually comes down to this. Uh, they'll, they'll look at a particular section of scripture, a particular uh, area of God's truth, mm-hmm. and man, it just resonates with their hearts. Yeah. And they just think this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. And they think everybody else should think that this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. And, you know, again, uh, you know, like they say, misery loves company, but uh, joy shared is twice a joy. And, and so people that share these kind of convictions mm-hmm. on some of these non-essential issues will tend to want to coalesce around each other. For some of them, it's a form of church government. Uh, for, for some of them, it's uh, doctrine regarding the, uh, the return of Jesus yep. and how that's all going to shake out. Right. Uh, for others, it might be you know, things like water baptism or things along this line. Yeah. Uh, and and they, they really focus in on these particular things. You know, the Methodists, you know why they call them Methodists? Because mm. they had a very methodical way of discipling new converts. Mm. Uh, they were very organized and systematic about mm. all of that. And so hence the term Methodists. Mm. And so they had that, that distinctive. And, and, you know, I used to think that was a problem until I realized something. The reason that you have these different groups is because people are passionate about God's truth. Right. And not just the essentials, but maybe another area that isn't super essential, but boy, you know, it's a hill they're, they're going to die on. And, you know, if you're one of those people, you know, say, who, for sake of argument, believes that uh, Jesus is coming back at the rapture before the tribulation period, mm-hmm. right? But you're in a church that doesn't believe there's going to be a rapture at all. Mm-hmm. You know, sooner or later, you know, listen to anything that has to do with teaching about the last days is going to feel like fingernails on a chalkboard yeah. to you. Uh, and, and so, you know, rather than being 
someone who stirs up controversy and is divisive and I'm right and you're wrong, uh, one of the things, uh, and we get it here because people will have like their agendas or their certain pastor that they just think is the neatest thing since sliced bread and we're not down with that. You know, and, and one of the things I, I uh, learned from hearing Chuck Smith, one of my jobs was uh, at Costa Mesa was to be uh, there when Pastor Chuck would greet people after services. And like after third service on Sunday, man, there was a lot of about 200 people who wanted to talk to him. Mm. And so as a pastor on staff, I was supposed to be around in case Chuck wanted to hand somebody off to me in, in case things got too elaborate. The whole time I was there, uh, I think there was only once that he handed somebody off to me. Wow. And that was because this person was just, you know, breaking down and crying, just needed some privacy. But yeah. he would talk to people. I mean, if you had that duty, uh, service got out at 1230, yeah. you could probably count on being home at five. Wow. And then they, there'd be a Sunday evening service. So you get some heat come stick right around, back. yeah. Uh, but but the, the the interesting thing to me was this: there would be people that would come that would have a gripe about what was going on at Costa Mesa. They didn't like this. Or they didn't like this teaching and this. And Chuck would hear him out, and he would just be very patient, and let them you know make their their spiel, and he'd say, "Well, uh, you know, God has called us to live at peace, mm. and uh, if you can't be at peace here about what's going on." Mm. Uh, you know, maybe the Lord is leading you to go to another church where they feel like you do, where you can mm. be at peace with one another and, and you know, again, hold these, these kind of important uh, ideas uh, in, in a, their, their proper place as far as, but we're, we're not going to go there, but I would just think, and they, they'd look at him like, are you telling me you're kicking me out of the church? Says, no, no, I'm just telling you that you're going to be a lot better off if you're surrounded by like-minded people and, yeah. and not so frustrated coming yeah. to church every Sunday. How can you worship God and be frustrated every Sunday? Yeah. You know, and they'd walk away and they'd have this look on their face like, I don't know whether to spit or wind my watch. <laughs> yeah. So as far as denominations go, uh, I'm glad there's denominations out mm. there. Because, you know, at Calvary Christian Fellowship, we lay great stress on the verse-by-verse -verse teaching right. of God's Word. I'll have people come up to me after a service and say, do you teach like that every Sunday? Mm. And I go, like what? Like, like teaching through a, a passage of the Bible. Uh, I've never heard anything like yeah, that, which is right. always kind of shocking to me. Yeah. But a lot of people are really used to topicals and emotional appeals and things like this. Yeah. And some people, it's it's really refreshing. Other people are like, man, I just got to find another place where the guy screams and yells at me the yeah. whole time. Well, I'm never going to scream and yell at you the whole time. <laughs> so if that's what you think you need to get out of church, find the place where the guy screams and yells the whole time <laughs> and be at peace and worship the Lord. Could you and, try it though one yeah. time? Just, <laughs> come on. No, I have to do three services. My, my voice would that's never do But But, but the, the, the bottom line though is that's where denominations come from. And it, they're not a bad thing. Yeah. And you know, uh, you know, we can uh, agree to disagree agreeably even about, you know, I mean, not the essentials, mm -hmm. but even some things that, you know, to me, like, the pre-tribulation rapture position is really near and dear to my heart. Yep. You know, I, I don't think I could be at a church that didn't believe that. Mm. Uh, but I wouldn't look at somebody who didn't believe that and say, you're not a Christian. Right. So a lot, lot of uh, room to maneuver in the body of Christ. And I think that's why we have denominations. So rather than that being an argument against the truth of the Bible, it should really, uh, in a sense, be an argument for it because mm. you can say, well, you can obviously see because there's these denominations, because they're so passionately committed to these areas of truth, that these people really believe this is God's truth. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Right. So, and so I guess I just leave it at that. Yeah. And then I guess it's up to us to not make those divisive things by saying, like, well, this church is the only 
you have to be at oh, my yeah. church and you yeah. know, baptized at my church because we have the- yeah and, and and when that happens then you cross the line into cultville yeah we're talking about church here right you know a, a cult is any group that says put your trust in us put your trust in what we say put your trust in what our leader says yeah put your trust in what we tell you to do we'll micromanage your life yeah uh you know and anybody even your family that questions the group you've got to cut them off yeah that is red flag definitely more than a red flag yeah. <laughs> man feet treat me good get out of there yeah so, yeah, yeah absolutely yeah great uh well thanks crystallized cody thanks for that question should have time for at least one more here. Sure. A uh, question from David. Was Jesus omniscient, uh, all-knowing? Uh, there are accounts of Jesus having to physically confirm things, like whether the disciples were sleeping. Uh, did he leave behind some of his godly traits when he became a man? Well, the, 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 the bottom line is yes. Uh, Jesus did voluntarily lay aside mm. the independent exercise of his privileges and prerogatives as God. Mm. He did not cease to be God, merely laid them aside because uh, in his earthly ministry, he's going to be our example. Mm. Uh, And the greatest example is this. Uh, Any follower of Christ like Jesus is going to want to do the will of the Father. So Jesus demonstrated not to do his own will, but the will of him who sent him. So we have that model there. Uh, Any uh, successful Christian is going to realize that we don't do uh, the Christian life in our own power and strength, but through the enabling power of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Jesus demonstrated that. Mm. Uh, He did not rely on his own strength. And uh, when it came Mm. to his omniscience, if you will, uh, you know, in, uh, you know, again, in uh, Matthew 24 and verse 36, Jesus said, but that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my father only. Right. Uh, You know, in other words, if they'd asked Jesus at that point, what is the day of your return? He would have said, Father hasn't shared it with me through the Holy Spirit. It's not important for me to know right now. Yeah, amazing. So, you know, that didn't mean that Jesus didn't have access to that. Right. Uh, In any sense, failed to have the capacity to be omniscient, but because he was going to be our leader in this world, he voluntarily laid that aside. And and that's really uh, what Philippians chapter 2 uh, beginning at verse 5, uh, is talking about there, you know, the high flutin term for this passage is the kenosis passage, because the word kenosis uh, carries the idea of emptying in the original language. It says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death even the death of the cross. Jesus emptied himself of the voluntary exercise of his, his divine prerogatives. Uh, he said, uh, no one takes my life, I lay it down, then I might take it back again. Now that sounds like um, omnipotence to me. Yeah, right. But at that point, he laid down his life. But then at the proper time, he'd take it back again. Does Jesus know the day and hour of his return now? Yeah, mm. completely. Yeah. But at that point, it wasn't necessary for him to know. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Uh, oof, we're really close to the wire here. Do you want to do a one minute question? Sure. Why yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> keep your eye on time there. A uh, question from Taylor and Jesus. False. D. None of the above. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That'd be, that'd be yeah. good. Yeah. We're wasting seconds. Um, 
Uh, Taylor asks, Jesus said not to hinder the children, so why do we call someone naive as if it's something bad? What does it mean to be to have a childlike faith, basically? As Christians, should we be seeing reality through rose-colored glasses, so to speak? So well, what is it like to be childlike? And again, you've got like one minute. So well, there's a difference between being childlike and childish. Yeah, right. Um, you know, again, the Apostle Paul said, uh, now we see through, you know, when I was a, a uh, child, I spoke as a child, I thought as a child, I reasoned as a child, but when I became a man, I put aside childish things. Right. Now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. We are to be childlike mm -hmm. in the sense that a child is completely dependent upon their parent, yep. completely trusts their parent, completely relies upon them to have a, a better and bigger point of view than they do. But we're not to be childish in the sense of stomping our feet and holding our breath till we turn blue if God doesn't do what God tells us to do. Right. We don't wanna be naive in the sense of not seeing life clearly. You talk about mm. rose-colored glasses, the best colored glasses that you and I can have are scripturally colored lenses mm. that we look at life through, the right. wisdom of God. God wants us to grow in those areas, yeah. and uh, unless we are growing in those areas, learning to look at life through the Word of God, we can end up being more childish than childlike. Yes, yeah. yeah. Very good. Good question, Taylor. Well, that's it for today. We're out of time. Pastor Scott, thank you. That was wild. Yeah. What a great show. Yeah, we great <laughs> questions. I love seeing where it's weird. You guys did great out there, by the way. Did. Great questions. Yeah, very good in. questions. Yeah. I hope that helps you out. Join us again at the same, same time, same place tomorrow. We'll have more of your questions then. If we didn't get your question today, I apologize. We'll try and get to those tomorrow, especially if you join us again then. So have a wonderful rest of your evening, and we will see you back here tomorrow at Reason for Hope. God bless you. God bless you. You've been listening to A Reason for Hope. Thank you again for joining us as we continue our journey through God's Word, one question of the heart at a time. Until we meet again, we would love to connect with you. You can text or email your questions to questionsforhope at gmail.com. You can also find out more about our ministry at calvarychristianfellowship.com. And be sure to join us next time on A Reason for Hope. A Reason for Hope is an outreach ministry of Calvary Christian Fellowship in Tucson, Arizona.